1: So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with
0: Timory on Relevant Radio. Do you ever have those days where You try to do something fun with your kid as a parent and you pay for it. You pay sorely for it. The joys of motherhood, but truly the joys. We tried to uh, take a couple hours, go to the lake, enjoy the nice sunny day, especially because we've had multiple weekends in a row where it's been pouring rain or so humid and cloudy that we haven't been able to go out on the weekends. So we went and spent a little bit of time at the lake and let's just say that little baby girl did not go down for naps. This is the first time she's never taken a nap. It's because I tried to put her down apparently just too late and too tired of a child does not sleep as we all know but here's what happened on the no nap day. Well, I tried to cook dinner, and it led to her screaming the entire time, which basically dinner time is like her favorite time to say hold you and want me to hold her 24-7 already. So here I am trying to cook dinner. The screaming ensues during the silent moments while I was cooking dinner. Let's see. Well, she found my phone and called 911, to which I had to wait on line wait for the operator to let them know that everything was fine so that an ambulance didn't show up at my house. Luckily while I had raw meat covering my hands I heard the phones start making that warning sound that the iPhones make when they're calling 911. So I quickly ran over with raw meat hands and I just realized I've been touching my phone since then and I've not washed it. Thankfully, it wasn't chicken, so no salmonella, but still that dirty little phone, is going to get cleaned. Uh, second, so after she then calls 911, she's quietly, when she's not screaming, quietly playing. Poor girl's absolutely exhausted. I was trying to teach her the word emotional to at least entertain me because some of these funny words you can get your kids to say are just so entertaining uh tragic has been one of the words i've been having her say it makes me laugh but she wouldn't say emotional for me today i was quite disappointed however so when she is quiet again she has another momentary Uh, stint of quietness which I threw my hands up when she was taking all of the little cupcake papers and crunching them into little balls I gave up at that point she was quiet however all of a sudden it's a little too quiet and I discover that she is grabbing handfuls of chocolate chips and she's eating them by the handful going yummy now I was talking to her at the same time saying baby I made you chicken yummy and she's saying yummy and so she's responding or beef whatever I made. Uh, pho soup and as I'm telling her about the meat I'm saying yummy and she's saying yummy but she's talking about the handfuls of chocolate chips that she was eating um, while sitting on her one minute time out before dad gets home and she's near the front door suddenly she stops crying she hears the car alarm that dad is home she starts saying Dad and acts like a perfect angel as soon as he gets home sits on his lap perfectly and eats dinner for him The bottom line is kids act differently around their dads, don't skip naps even when you want to have a fun time. Those are the lessons learned from today and this evening. You're listening to Trending with Tim Reed during our weekly marriage hour here on Trending. Joining me in just a minute will be Hugh Brown, and we're going to talk about a couple important topics, including dads leading their families, loving their children, and knowing the challenges their children face and how dads can be empowered to help meet the needs of their children and stand up for them, especially their sons at seasons that they need, and their daughters during seasons they need but I wanna hear from you during our weekly marriage hour today. Are you eating less because of inflation? And it's not just married people who are, a lot of people are. Families are literally changing their eating habits as they are some of the hardest hit by inflation, including women under 40. So share with me on social media your tips for eating healthy still on a budget. There are tons of ideas that have come in. I can't wait to share with you some of these tips for just cleaning up our budgets, cleaning up our diets, and eating better on a budget. By the way, I'll be sharing news in a little bit, just a few minutes, what I'm having. A baby boy or a baby girl, I have news for you and it's the feast day of St. Clair. We're going to talk about how St. Clair and St. Francis of Assisi had this incredible relationship that they loved each other and it can be inspiration for our relationships as well. You're listening to Trending with Timmery during our weekly marriage hour. The number is 1-888-914-9149. Joining me now is Hugh Brown. He's the vice president of American Life League, a football coach and incredible mentor, especially to young men. You can find American Life League and their incredible pro-life work at all.org. That's a org. You can find it on social media. I post a link. Well, we'll post it now. Patrick's there helping me with social media right now during the show. We'll post it there. Follow me at Timmerie. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. Hugh Brown, welcome back to Trending.
1: Yeah, Timmy, thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed hearing the stories about your daughter. Is that is that your only child?
0: <laughs> yeah, one on the way and one. Oh, okay, yes, congratulations! That's one. awesome. Thank you. I, yeah,
1: I sprinted off the football field at 6 30 to get back to to my office for this uh, interview so I'm excited to talk to you.
0: Thanks for being here Hugh. You know I was really looking forward to our conversation because we're seeing a couple things happening in the culture right now. Uh, the absence of many fathers from being present at all from their children's lives to many fathers who just don't know what their role is and so we want to talk about empowering dads To know what that is and to be able to stand up for their kids and be aware of some of the challenges. Two very controversial challenges include the gender crisis and uh, sexual promiscuity and abortion in the culture today. And I know you have some keen insights into how fathers can be empowered to intervene in their children's lives during these fundamental young years of development.
1: Oh, amen. Absolutely. And I think that what men have to understand, the very first thing that they have to yield to is that you cannot do it alone. There is no secular solution. I mean, for, for thousands of years, it, it has tried and failed. You have to have faith in the Lord. And the, the really, the, the, the best thing to do is to lay out your day with purpose and to understand that as the head of your family, You know, Christ is the head of us first, you know, and I think that society really has lost its way in so many ways. You mentioned promiscuity and abortion, and I think that young men today are plagued with online pornography also. I mean, the access to it is just immediate, and it just absolutely minimizes and eliminates the value and the virtue of a sexual relationship as ordained by God in marriage. And so young men are just bombarded intentionally with demonic influences And I think that as fathers, we have to not take for granted that those things are happening. I think it's uncomfortable for dads at times to want to talk about difficult subjects, or as their kids get older, they they lament how when they were little, things were so much easier. You have to begin each day before the Lord. I I tell men they've got to structure their day. If you get up at 6.30 every day, well, wake up at 6.00. Spend half an hour with the Lord. You've got to start your day like that because you cannot do it alone. And the frustrations of the day and the ability to deal with what the world is throwing at our children requires uh, intention and it requires purpose and it requires a plan. I I tell parents all the time as, you know, not just a football coach at St. Michael, the Archangel Catholic High School, but as a founder, you know, 17, 18 years ago, The the number one objection people have to putting their children in a a Catholic school environment usually is tuition, especially if they're coming out of a public school situation. And with what the public schools are doing to children today, I tell parents, you've got to be insane if you're gonna trust your children to the public school system. And fathers have to lead that charge. Fathers are so absent many times. I, I see it in mass. I see moms bringing their children to mass. I see moms that I meet that are talking to me about enrolling their son or daughter in a Catholic high school, and I never meet dad. Dads have got to realize that fatherhood, you know, um, marriage, uh, being a husband, fatherhood, is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a vocation. It's a holy order, so to speak, and they've got to treat it that way. And if you try to do it just based on the whims of the world, uh, it's going to be an unmitigated failure. And you've got to begin each day and end each day with the Lord, and He will order your steps. Anything other than that leads to chaos. Um, like the day you described at the lake today it was a fun day. But for parents, when we don't, men, we don't have that order, we don't have that sense of purpose that comes from the Lord, it's directionless and we're grabbing at straws. And the enemy is intentional. The devil is a lot smarter than we are, and he is ripping at our children with this transgenderism, with abortion, with popular culture, with the intent of making them numb, with the intent of making them drift from God, and the intent of taking their souls. We have to understand that as fathers, our our primary vocation is to get the souls of our children to heaven. And if you think you're going to do that on your own, it's 100% false. Zero percent chance of that happening. You've got to, number one, have a tremendous relationship, a humble, loving relationship with your wife and the head of in your marriage. You know, the the head of you is the Lord. You know, there's three entities in a marriage. You're you're married to your wife, but you serve the Lord. And if you serve the Lord first, everything else, while it may not be easy, you know, there's a path, there's a plan. And it allows us the wisdom and understanding of the Holy Spirit to navigate a world which you talk about every day is on its face deteriorating uh, morally. So we've got to engage that fight head on as men and as fathers.
0: Hugh, i love that you focus on starting with laying out your day i'm not a father i love a totally different perspective and vocation as men do but one thing i know very clearly is that it's easy especially now that you know i have a kid uh, to just stumble out of bed when that kid wakes you up you know they wake up early enough you can just right. run with that but if you do that i find in my experience I'm not as prepared for her. Even if you utter a quick prayer, and then, you know, usually I do pray more later in the morning after, you know, things get going. But if you pray before, if you really take that time to prepare before your children are awake, I do find that it makes a big difference because you have the context, like you say, of structuring your day that you need to begin the day before the Lord. And I think fathers in particular, you guys have so much on your plates. And sometimes, you know, it's, you might even think, is it sleep? is it's time with a family is it a workout is it getting breakfast in you know what do I prioritize what you're saying is it's just half an hour you're saying earlier to start that day which I think is so important if you're just joining us now that's Hugh Brown American Life League Vice President as well as a football coach at St. Michael's High School. Uh, Hugh I want to talk about where you view the role of the father in the context of the gender crisis going on right now.
1: Well The fact that you refer to it as a gender crisis, it's astounding that we would even utter that sentence, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. in my lifetime, who would have thought that we'd be even having this conversation? And I can tell you that it is because the devil, again, never stops, and he has had success attacking the family through contraception, attacking the family through abortion, Attacking the family through not being married, attacking the family through homosexuality, through temptation, through pornography, with very little pushback. So where does he stop? He's not going to stop. So transgenderism, which you know is is a secular created illusion, you know, con- confusing children and pre-adolescent teens and teens that somehow that their XY or XX chromosomes are not what God gave them is absolute, utter nonsense. Now, I had this conversation with the diocese recently because St. Michael uh, works with the diocese. We're a, a private school, but recognized by the diocese, one of the only high schools in all of Arlington to, to be recognized. And they pretty much don't even discuss gender anymore. They refer to sex. You're male or female because they're just not. Bishop Burbich is not going to play that game. And I thought that was brilliant because playing that game with 30 genders or whatever it is today is absolute deception. So the way I handle it, the way we deal with it within our own own home is we talk about it. You have to talk about it because especially teens, I have teenagers. My children are older now. They range from 17 to 28. We have five. And the world is just never going to stop. And if you don't talk about it, if you don't put Christ in the center of it, if you don't explain that God made them male and female in his image and likeness, and there is nothing else. Anything else is a deception. It's a lie. It's a confusion. And confusion comes from the enemy. And the reason that, that I think it has gained traction is because essentially the, the, the movement, the aim, the end goal of all of this is to make Christian men and women feel guilty about their beliefs. Because somehow you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a hater, you're a phobe, you're whatever it is they're calling to stand up for anything that's moral because there's no such thing as liberalism or Democrat anymore. It's just demonic, right? I mean, it, it, it's it's embracing mm-hmm. pedophilia now with this nonsense about having drag queens talk to children. Why would grown men want to do anything like that in front of children? So you have, I think, this entire effort to, to sexualize children because that is the end game. It's to destroy the family. It is to basically make the soul irrelevant. It, it's the devil's game, and what he's counting on is our quiet complicity because we're afraid that oh my gosh, somebody's gonna judge us, somebody's gonna call us hateful, or we're one of those people. None of that matters. Within our own families, we've got to have these conversations. We've got to I, I do it within my own family. I do it within the young men I'm responsible for. And anybody that'll listen, as I say, if not us, who? Right? Because the the, the world wants us to be silent and we've got to talk about the truth of Christ and the truth of creation. And anything, anything that comes to you, whether it's a homosexual thought, whether it's some confusion over your gender, it is just, it's the work of the enemy. And we have to compassionately and lovingly help people through that uh, because it is just nothing other than a temptation and confusion. And God has a plan and through the grace of God, you know, there are so many thousands of stories of people that have escaped that nonsense, but the world embraces it and feeds it because the world is evil. So we've got to stand up to it in our own homes by, number one, not being afraid to talk about it, and number two, rooting those conversations in Christ, and then number three, being firm. And mm-hmm. who cares what people think? I, I, I probably say that every day to somebody, uh, especially <laughs> yeah. being in the pro-life movement. I mean, it's, goodness gracious, you know, the hate that we get. Like I tell people, it. it so what? You know, they did a lot worse to Christ. So so that mm-hmm. that's sort of how we I approach it.
0: I love what you said, the last everything, but the last comment of who cares what other people think. It's such an important point. And I received a question yesterday during our weekly gentleman's hour from a dad who was asking, how do we encourage men to be the good fathers and husbands leading their families in the faith when the culture is so anti-men and telling men not to do so? And part of it was I was saying, there has to be a level of confidence in I don't care what everyone thinks of, you know, what I'm doing to raise my family in the faith. You have to have that confidence because otherwise if you waver, it causes damage to you and to those souls that you're leading. Uh, Hugh, something I wanted to bring up as we're talking about the father's role in the midst of this gender ideology and gender crisis today, I was listening to an interview today of Dr. Joseph Nicolosi, who's the founder and a psychologist uh, based on focusing on what's known as reintegrative therapy, uh, which touches on the issue of sexual proclivities and how they can be influenced by past traumas from uh, addictions to uh, sexual traumas and uh, abuse and various experiences and also, you know, various mother father dynamics that occur and one of the stories that he was sharing in the interview today was about uh, this young this man who struggled with his sexual identity and same sex attraction and how at the heart of it what led to his no longer having such a severe confusion was healing from the fact that he had a mother who was a drill sergeant who essentially wanted another version of herself and a father uh, who he didn't bond with, didn't have a relationship when he craved that male friendship and had a difficulty uh, in interactions with women and was confused about how to form those male friendships. And it just made me think about how this goes back to the root of what's happening in the home and how mothers and fathers are bonding and interacting in their children's lives
1: wow that's a powerful example my wife and i have discussed that for many many years and it is in our experience there are the trauma can cause all types of confusion um you know there are are very very sad stories of of young people or or children you know who are molested who and and have to live with that and never say anything and it just really wrecks them as they get older and i i think that's absolutely spot on i think that trauma undealt with can cause all types of problems, can cause all types of temptations, can cause all types of confusion. And that's why when I talk to people, we've, we had someone in the high school once, I believe the name of the organization was PFOX, Parents and Friends of Ex-Gays, and he was explaining his journey out of homosexuality, and it came through prayer, and it came through a partnering with the organization and, and learning to understand his past traumas. And he was explaining how uh, the, the level of hate, right, the level of hate and the level of just disgust from people that are still caught up in that uh, way of life towards him and the many other people that have escaped that bondage um, was just unprecedented. And I only share that example because I think that as people begin to work through their trauma, they have to realize that if, if you've crossed you know, into that way of life, Getting out of it requires grace, um, requires prayer, requires a lot of work, but it requires intention. And I think that conscience is a big part of that, understanding that God is merciful and God is loving. But in serving him, you know, we have got to avoid certain things. And as married men, obviously, it's any form of proscuity, any form of of, of lust or anything worldly. But for people that drift into the temptation of homosexuality, They've got to work very hard and find—the the Catholic Church has a program called Courage. Um, there mm. are all types of resources that allow people to escape that, but it has to be intentional, and it has to come from the heart, and the world's working against it. The world the world would call that a bigoted, hateful statement. How dare you say such a thing? God made me this way. That is a lie. It's mm. a lie because we're made in the image and likeness of God, and if we dismiss that, then, then there are no rules at that
0: And we'll post a link to Courage International. It's a group uh, within the Catholic Church uh, for a network of men and women who have experienced same-sex attraction and want to live in alignment with their faith. And it's an open conversation uh, to talk about that. And the organization encourages chastity, which all of us are called to, no matter what our sexual proclivity uh, is in life, whether we're married, not married, whether we struggle with uh, adverse sexual attraction. So we'll post a link now on my social media. Follow me at Timory, T-I-M-M-E-R. R. I. E. That's Hugh Brown, the vice president of American Life. Like you can find them at all. org. Hugh, let's talk about the crisis right now on the abortion front. As we see, various states are voting uh, to implement very pro life laws or very pro abortion laws, very permissive abortion laws. At the same time, the ob- the Biden administration is currently going through a major push, and we've seen this growing over the last couple of years as they anticipated Roe v. Wade being overturned, uh, to lead to telemedicine, especially through Planned Parenthood. Are uh, you 46 birth, uh, abortions, do-it-yourself, at-home abortions uh, being provided via telemedicine? We're looking at seeing this uh, one day potentially being over-the-counter accessible. This is a push that the Biden administration currently has What should fathers be aware of when it comes to their role in helping to protect their daughters from this sexually promiscuous lifestyle, as well as the abortion culture that young women are living in?
1: So I think it's critical that fathers understand, with their daughters especially, that you are their fathers, all right? You are not their friend. And what I mean by that is that I know many fathers that end up handing their 10-year-old daughter an iPhone. I know many fathers that are uninvolved. I know many fathers that are so busy because they're caught up in this and that. They spend a little bit of time with their daughters on their on the weekend. The world is never going to stop going after our daughters. So we have got to maintain not just great relationships, but strength within the hierarchy of the family. You've got to maintain a level of understanding with your daughters, a level of of compassion, a level of empathy, a level of understanding. The faith has got to be present in the home. The family has got to be centered on the rosary. The the father has to lead that. The father has to make sure that their family goes to Mass on Sunday. The father has to lead prayer uh, however the family prays, but especially at meals. I think it's important that the world see that we pray. And fathers have to be understanding with their daughters that there is going to be a nonstop effort from the world to lead them uh, to just very bad things and when it comes to the abortion pills you know the we're we're very involved in that fight and we just released uh, one of our 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 reports for our, our stop international which battles planned parenthood that segment of their business is exploding you know their number of facilities are down but their number of abortions are up their number of surgical abortions are down but their number of telemed pill abortions is up and we have in, you know, access to information they probably would not be happy to know we have access to because we do have friends in that organization that share things with us. Um, and believe it or not, their, their, their push, their goal, their aim over the next 10 years is pretty much to dominate that industry. And they already are responsible for 82% of all pill abortions. And they're trying, as you said, to get it over the counter. They're trying to make it accessible in high schools. They're trying to have it free paid for by Mm -hmm. you and I. The federal government doesn't have money. They have your money. So it's evil. As a father, how do you stay in tune with your daughter? You've got to have a great relationship. You have got to invest time. And as we began the conversation as men, you've got to keep Christ in the center of your relationship with your children, because as fathers, our vocation and a responsibility given to us by Almighty God is the soul entrusted to that precious child to make sure they get to heaven? I, a friend said to me once, "Your sons, your daughters, can end up homeless, penniless, broke under a bridge, but if they get to heaven, they win." And amen. That that's the goal as fathers. And as you just said a moment ago, ha- have absolutely zero concern what your neighbors think, what your neighbors care. What they it doesn't matter. My, my wife and I, my wife would also tell you, Timory, Now that you're raising children, we, we have rules like we don't. Our kids didn't have cell phones until they were graduating from high school and they were the big nerds. We didn't care. And we founded the high school. Right. We don't do sleepovers. We don't. There are lots of things that we don't do certain television. We don't do certain stream. You've got to maintain a Christ centered environment in your home, because if it's not there, you, we, you could possibly lose your children uh, to the world because the Internet is never going to stop. You can't trust it um you know my daughters now thank me i have a 25 and 28 year old daughter and they are are virtuous you know catholic women i have a 17 year old daughter as well and the older ones thank me every day for the way they were raised and it was intentional and it was on purpose it may not have been perfect but the intent was to have their souls you know get to heaven and so we did everything we possibly could and still do to keep christ in the center of everything
0: Praise God. And you give the example of how important it is to understand that family time isn't our rest time. It's important to rest with family. But when you're done with work as husbands, as fathers, at the end of the day, you're not done. Your day is just beginning. That time with your children, that is so important. It takes time. It takes a lot of energy. It takes effort. uh, But you're forming the next generation of souls. And what Better, what more uh, rewarding thing can you do? That's been Hugh Brown from American Life like here on Trending with Tim, you can find him at all.org. That's all.org. Watch them and their incredible pro life work they're doing. We're going to include a link to that report that they recently released on the topic of RU46 abortions and the expansion of abortion via telemedicine. But please check out all.org. I'll be right back during our weekly marriage hour. We're going to talk about whether maybe you're on a budget and changing your eating habits. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timmery on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We've been talking about the importance of the roles of fathers within the home today. It reminds me a little bit of the conversation I had earlier last week or earlier this week with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. If you don't know Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, he's a former West Point Professor of Psychology He was the top law enforcement trainer in the nation for years, and his books are required reading for our military personnel. He's dove significantly into the topic, the psychology of what's happening in the crisis with our children. And one thing that he said this week that was so important is emphasizing, one, detoxing from the tech world that our kids are living in they're living in a virtual reality before virtual reality is even the norm in the day-to-day uh, he talked about you know what do we replace that time with and he said time outdoors feeding imaginations returning to reading and he really emphasized the importance of reclaiming those last 30 minutes of the day with your kids especially from middle school down spending those 30 minutes a day reading with them. And it made me think about my own childhood, how my mom always read to us in the evenings and the incredible stories we read and how I loved to read and the imagination that that fostered. And the time and memories we have as a family with my mom, with my siblings, what an important time. It made me laugh thinking about how we read a lot to my daughter now. And we are a screen-free home other than, you know, briefly when she snags a cell phone, as I shared she called 911 earlier today, Uh, or when we are facetiming family that live across the country but we try to be careful with not overdoing that as well. Uh, But it's so cute to see how she is such a little reader. She's one and a half, and she loves her books. In fact, her new thing over the last few weeks has been that she doesn't really go to bed when we put her to bed now, and she plays in her room. But we have countless videos of her laying in bed with books, just laying there reading. And she'll wake up before she wants to come out of her room, or let us know that she's awake, and she'll just be silently there laying on her bed reading books. These are things we need to foster in our children, imagination. The ability to play and not have to be entertained or fed something by a means of media that is telling them what to think, not how to think, or to use their mind and imagination. Another thing that Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman emphasizes so important is taking kids to parks. In fact, he cited a study having to do with how going to the park can elicit as much happiness and joy as the festivities of a Christmas Day. And it actually made me think about this last week, how I had some extra time before heading to home. We were running errands, and I pulled over at a park, and we jumped out of the car. And my daughter, it's so cute. The last two months, she keeps saying happy out of nowhere. We'll just be sitting there. I never taught her the word, She just picked it up and seems to understand it on her own. And she'll just say happy, and she'll start swinging her legs legs or she'll put her arms behind her back and sway side to side in a moment that is clearly expressing that she is happy and we show up at the park and we go running up the ramp to head toward the slide and she looks at me and goes, happy mama. And it was the cutest moment, but it made me realize how important it is that we are investing those moments of maybe going down the slide a hundred times and you're sick of it and the much better things you'd rather do. Or maybe, you know, feeling lazy at the end of the day and not wanting to read and claim that time with your kids. Just give them the technology. Parenting is challenging work and I love whether it's Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman or Hugh Brand, so many of our guests who are encouraging us to put in that time and effort and how to do so. You're listening to Trending with Tim Marie. here on relevant radio. It's a feast day of St. Clair of Assisi. And a number of years ago, I think I was in high school, a friend of mine gave me a book called Saints in Love. And it chronicles the story of a handful of saints who had these incredible relationships, and none of whom were married. And it chronicled the stories, for example, of just to mention a few, St. Clair and St. Francis of Assisi, who are contemporaries of one another and friends. Uh, St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross, as well as St. Mother Teresa and St. John Paul the Great. And in these stories, it talked about the profound relationships that grew between these saints who were all religious, you know, took vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, yet had these relationships that showed such a profound level of love that It inspires us as to what true love means. And I think especially during our weekly marriage hour, if you're looking to be married one day, if you're in the midst of a dating relationship or you've been married and married for years, it teaches and points us to what two souls are called to. These platonic relationships between saints such as St. Clair and St. Francis of Assisi, who were two great souls that profoundly adored each other, inspired each other, and brought out the best in one another. St. Francis lit a fire within the young St. Clair for God. She heard him preaching, and she began to be mentored by him. In fact, she ended up running away from home, and she ran away from home so that she could be a part of a religious community. She was actually the first woman in his community and led to the development of religious sisters under St. Francis's order. Now, during a time, just to share some stories about St. Francis and St. Clair, during a time in pause for just a moment. St. Francis and St. Clair actually didn't have very much time together. St. Francis was preaching and busy with his order. And St. Clair became busy with, uh, with the sisters that she was organizing in this new order as well. And so they'd write to one another. They didn't see each other very often, but they were comrades in the work for the kingdom. And during a Time of discernment in Saint Francis's life, he was really struggling with direction. He sent uh, some of the her- some of the priests, some of his brothers, uh, to Saint Clare to ask her to intercede and to pray for him. So he sends the brothers to. San Damiano to where Claire was and remained from the time she left her family home Uh, and there she was cloistered and he was asking Claire to pray for divine guidance whether he should live the rest of his life as a hermit in seclusion or to continue on in preaching and traveling. So she prays and she prays for him after he makes this plea to her and her prayers on his behalf were answered and he's able to figure out his path ahead and it was a path calling him to public preaching still. So it's one story of how they were intervening in one another's life. That trust, not just trust in counsel, but trust in one another's prayer and encouragement for each other. The two, as I mentioned before, had very little time together in person, but their friendship constantly called one another into their mission and identity in Christ. At the end of Saint Francis's life, he was actually taken to San Damiano where Saint Claire was so that she could care for him in the last days and moments of his life. That speaks volumes to what we are called to in our relationships. One in marriage, but two as what we're called meant to call one another into. It's, Assisi is one of my favorite places, my favorite place I've ever been to. When I had the opportunity to go to Europe, I spent about six to eight hours in Assisi. We took the train from Rome. If you ever have the opportunity to go, go and spend days in Assisi. The churches there, the faith of St. Francis and St. Clair permeate in the beautiful churches and before the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ and the sacrament. Uh, But St. Clair and St. Francis of Assisi are a true reminder of, Of what it means as men and as women to call one another into our mission. A mission, a God-given mission before our Lord and a God-given identity. And it shows what it means to depend on one another in prayer and encouragement in that mission, that call. And I pray that we can all develop friendships such as these and develop marriages. Where that call and challenge into virtue and faith can be first and foremost in our lives. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. We'll pray for the intercession of St. Clair of Assisi on her feast day, as well as St. Francis of Assisi. Okay, tons of questions coming in this week. I'm going to take a few of them tomorrow, but one coming back to the topic of spicing up your wardrobe and cosmetics on a budget. Kara emailed me writing about the topic of getting ready for the day, which been, has been a really hot topic the last couple weeks. And she said, I can see how it's a beneficial mindset. She said, for me, The biggest holdup is the cost of buying new wardrobe when constantly fluctuating in size between pregnancy, nursing, etc., and the cost of clean makeup or beauty products, since so many products disrupt our endocrine system, which impacts fertility and contribute to the autoimmune diseases that so many women struggle with today. So it's especially a struggle as a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling mom, to justify all this among our family needs. So she's saying, "I love the mindset. Yes, let's." present ourselves, look nice when our spouse arrives home, but also for our own psyche of being confident and comfortable in ourselves. But she's saying it's costly, especially when you have a family and should a lot of makeup out there, it literally is terrible for you. And if you don't know, check out the app Think Dirty. That's Think Dirty, it's a great app. Um, it's not scandalous and it will help you to go through your cosmetics. You might just be surprised how cancerous uh, some of your products are, But the reality is, is that a lot of these do contribute to disrupting our endocrine system, which impacts fertility and leads to autoimmune disorders. So, great question, Akira. I think, first of all, in terms of staple cosmetics, I think a lot of people think that they have to have this massive uh, bag of makeup with all of these op- options, but keep it simple. Blush, mascara, eyeliner, lipstick, some combination there, those are four items that other than mascara can pretty much last you the whole year, sometimes longer or shorter. And we'll include a link, I know people are asking, to that app, Think Dirty, to help you go through uh, your Cosmetics. So if we'll grab a link to that and post on social media as well as in the podcast notes. Uh, but again, blush, mascara, eyeliner, and lipstick, super simple. Gentlemen, don't tune out here. This is an opportunity for you to step up. So there are two companies that I know of that are great that I personally use. It's 100% pure and beauty counter. I more so use hundred percent pure, but I know beauty counters clear and I hear a lot of people recommend it um, because of that. And it, again, it's clean cosmetics, no endocrine disruptors or anything that will impact Men's health and autoimmune disorders. I know these companies are costly, but when you only need really four items for the year, sometimes they last lo- longer. Ask for them for a birthday present or a Christmas present. Consider it a very simple, small investment for these four small items that, yes, can be costly, especially for what small items they are. This last Christmas, my parents were asking what I wanted for Christmas. I told my mom exactly what makeup I wanted. I wanted a specific lipstick in a specific blush. I still have them nine months later and I'm using them every single day and they will last quite a while to come. So that's in terms of makeup staple clothing items. We don't have to keep it super fancy. There's nothing wrong with shopping at thrift stores and having just four or five things that we can spice up into our wardrobe in each season. Maybe it's one or two dresses, a versatile sweater that works with everything, a favorite shirt that or two that mixes and matches with shirts, skirts, pants, long floyd pants, but I will say one thing I found that my mom really passed on to me is take good care of your clothes. I don't put everything in the dryer or maybe just for 15 minutes so that it lasts longer. My clothes last forever and I still have clothes from high school that I can wear although some of them are out of date and i really probably shouldn't wear them but it speaks volumes to again not taking good care of your clothing and it's a matter of simple intentionality complicated costs and pressure. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. It's our weekly marriage hour. We're going to come back and I'm sharing with you the exciting baby news. Many of you have been voting, guessing baby boy, baby girl. It's not too late to vote. Just go to my Instagram at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. Let me know what you think, but I'll be sharing with you whether we're having a little boy or a little girl. Also, are you eating less because of inflation? I'm going to talk about tips to eat better on a budget as families are literally changing eating habits due to inflation and rising costs of groceries. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timmery on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Trending with Timmery during our weekly happy hour. It has been a fun hour. I hope if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, please head over to relevantradio.com forward slash trending or wherever you catch your podcast. We are there and share this episode or catch a full episode. Now, again, easiest way to share is to just text it to a friend. It was sometimes just texting an episode. It's easy to listen while you're in the car. So text an episode to a friend. They can listen while they're driving, running, getting ready, whatever it might be. And hey, I'd love to hear from you. Where are you listening from? I know people are joining us now on Instagram Live, live on the radio, or maybe you're listening on the podcast. When do you usually listen to Trending? Okay, we're going to talk about the rising rising uh costs of food and how many people are changing their eating habits but before we go there I have had some news. Now, if you didn't already know, baby number two has been cooking and is due in December. Actually, funny enough, everyone, especially my brother, is getting a kick out of this. But baby number two is is born, uh, I mean due on my daughter's birthday. So they're going to be just about exactly two years apart. Well we found out whether we're having a boy or a girl. I know a lot of you have been voting non-binary. I get it. Green is the new blue and the new pink but no. We know what we're having and we will not allow our child to choose their own gender. I digress. I joke because no way ever. Anyways so we are having ready we are having a second well actually a second baby okay before i share with you i've been fascinated to see some of the votes online so we have had about 300 votes voting boy it has been an overwhelming amount of votes for boy i will tell you my thoughts all along have been baby boy, pretty much unanimous family has thought baby boy. I think there was maybe one family member who was thinking girl on both sides of the family. We have a big family. And well, lo and behold, we are having a baby girl. Even though 68% of the vote said boy, that's nearly 70%. I'd really I felt in my heart, and my soul, and my mind, and my body, I thought I was having a boy, <laughs> but I have seen so many ultrasound images before they even called it finally. I'm looking and going, nothing's there. That is a baby girl. So baby number two is a girl. I'm really excited for my first daughter because she will have a little sister and there is nothing like the joy of sisters. There are three of us girls in my family and I love my sisters to pieces. Having sisters is pretty incredible. So I'm glad that she will have a sister so close in age to her, so thank you so much for all the prayers and support. It was fun to see everyone voting. Seventy percent of the vote nearly was for a boy. I thought so too. You know, I will say names have been really difficult because I really did think we were having a boy, and there's a family tradition that I really didn't have a choice as to what the baby boy's name was going to be, with respect for the tradition in that it was something really important to my husband on his side of the family. So I didn't really have a chance to think about names because I believed i was having a boy and so this is the longest we've gone not naming our baby and it's killing me because i can only refer to baby so many times baby this baby that because i try not to call the baby and it it's so dehumanizing and it's so easy to do so anyways if you have some really great catholic and fun beautiful elegant Again, somewhat unique names. Send me name ideas. I would love to hear them. Uh, So many, I think, are out there floating around. And there are a lot of names I like, but not names that I want to name my child. There are a lot of names I love, but not names I want to love my child and i'm really glad that it's not been an argument this time but there were some heated moments with the last baby with the first baby where we were really having a hard time over what we were going to name the baby in fact at one point my husband chose one name and i chose another and we were going to name a combo of those names but then i was going to refer to her through her middle name and he was going to refer to her with her first name and we finally had to give up and we found the perfect name but Oh, how did you figure out baby names? I have this baby name book. It's really just not that helpful. It's overwhelming. I digress. I want to get to some tips because a study came out from Rasmussen, a recent poll showing that families are among the hardest hit by rising inflation and cost of groceries. Maybe yourself have experienced this, and it's not just families; it's everyone. But what we've seen is that 63% of Americans are changing their eating habits uh, through this Rasmussen poll. It's been reported that 72%, that's so seven out of 10, 10 families are changing things to accommodate higher prices for things such as eggs, milk, butter, bacon, no simple things, you no know, meat, at dairy that we eat in our homes and it's actually women who have been the most significantly impact just one percent higher than families and that is women under the age of 40 so a lot of single women and families are hurt the most by rising food costs so what I want to do here is I've been asking you and I would love to still hear your ideas on social media follow me at Timree that's t-i-m-m-e-r-i-e Instagram Facebook Twitter I'm there especially Instagram would love to hear your thoughts what do you do to eat healthy on a budget? Because I know one of the quick things that has been the classic way that people have tried to eat on a budget, especially with large families or just with little uh, means, is to fill. You know, fill food with lots of carbs, right? Rice, pasta, Uh, legumes, beans, all of these things. But there are a lot of people today who need to eat healthy and cannot handle or process a high number of grains and legumes. I'm one of them. So I get it when you're trying to shop on a budget. It is really difficult. I've shared before I have multiple autoimmune diseases and food has been a leading trigger for me for what has caused them. And so I've had to really have a very healthy diet. Full disclosure, we have to eat all organic because I have a reaction to pesticides and hormones in foods, and I'm allergic to gluten, soy, and corn, and dairy, well, casein, the protein of dairy, and those grains, gluten, corn, and soy, uh, they're all often what's fed to animals, and so if I eat an animal that's been fed that, I actually have a reaction, so it makes buying everything from chicken to eggs to beef rather complicated. So, I get that a lot of people are trying to still eat healthy while on a budget. So here are some big picture tips. I've been gathering ideas from online as well. So many of you have written into me. The bottom line is many of you are changing your eating habits and grocery budget. Or many of you already have because you have a family and you're on one income. Or you're trying to keep it simple, being good stewards as we're called to be as Catholics. So here are some big picture tips and then day to day tips. So big picture tips. Set a grocery budget and stick to it. So many people don't actually have a grocery budget or maybe have no idea what they're spending. Second, change where you shop. I was actually just talking to a close family member who said, I'm actually shopping at Winco. And they shared this laughing at themselves. So they're like, here I am totally privileged. I stick my nose up at Winco and here I am now shopping at Winco because it's important. I get the meat, the good meat at Costco and I get try to get everything else at Winco. My big thing is I try to eliminate high priced items. I'll look at my receipt each time I finish grocery shopping and I go through with a highlighter, highlighting what was most expensive and oftentimes those sometimes end up being things I don't really need to have. Uh, You can buy in bulk when on sale and freeze cheese, meat, veggies, but that means you have to know what you buy and when it actually is on sale and doesn't just have a quote sale sign. Uh, Shop sales. uh, It's so important. Grow a garden. We tried and we flopped in a garden. I have a huge herb garden that works but everything else not really. Uh, Remember that there are a lot of people who do have an abundance in their gardens and they can be generous. If you're one of those people, please know who struggles and might need some additional food. Allison on Twitter is a personal trainer. She said, shop the perimeter of the store, produce, butter, eggs, meat. Should all the junk food is on the center aisles. Pick one a day a a week to do meal prep so you're not going out so much. This helps and you'll eat healthier. Okay, really fast, day-to-day tips to make things simpler. Make a meal plan, stick to it. I usually spend less when I have a meal plan. I usually end up cooking fewer meals than i planned and i have groceries that last longer use what's in your cupboards and plan and get creative with what you already have so for some people who can do carb fillers do it if you can't again this is why we're doing the other tips plan your meals and save leftovers frozen fruits and veggies some of them are better costs than others keep an eye if that's costco some of them have gone up a lot others look really good still in terms of costs intermittent fasting, increase water takes, stop snacking, and eliminate sugar to eliminate cravings. Those are your tips for the day. This is Timree from Trending with Timree. Friday, a former abortion doctor will join me here on Trending to share his story and the importance of the pro-life work we are doing in the face of what he's seen in the pro-abortion movement and in the first-hand experience with women. Also, one woman wrote to me about how her daughter wants to start taking contraception when she leaves for college. Maybe this is your kid. We'll talk about what to do. So join me Friday, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.